Happy Easter, and welcome to the Alinea Church Podcast, your place to get all of Alinea Church's previous messages. Enjoy! Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, see, I'm glad we did two services. We would not have been able to, to fit everybody in here at one time. It would have been um, uh, organized chaos, as I like to call it. And uh, I'm glad we're doing two services. Ryan is glad we're not doing three services because there's only so many, so many times that he can go, ah! so hopefully he still has a voice after this. I want to thank all of our volunteers um, that make this place happen. This is a church that belongs to the people. Uh, this is not my thing. It's not Jennifer's thing. This is uh, your thing. It's the volunteers thing. And I want to say thank you to everyone who served and decorated and bought stuff and thought of things that I couldn't think of. And, uh, and you know, even, even my family, they were in here practicing um, last night, and my youngest and my wife were uh, out mowing the lawn in the rain, uh, which was always uh, an adventure. I had wheels falling off of lawnmowers and people sliding down hills. It was, it was all sorts of fun. So it's our second Easter as a church and couldn't be more excited um, I want to talk to you this morning just a little bit about um, Nintendo. Yeah. How many of y'all remember a Nintendo, Super Nintendo? Like the, the old console, the gray looking box, right? That had the cord running out of it. Yeah, I see you back there. I know what you're doing. You're blowing on the cartridge, right? You've got to blow on the cartridge. I have no idea what that did. It did something and uh, you put it in there and uh, we begged for a Nintendo. We wanted a Nintendo so bad and our parents finally bought us one and we would spend hours in front of that thing. We'd play Commando. We would play uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yeah, you know that. And uh, we'd play uh, Super Mario Brothers. We, we had a, a, a Crocodile Dundee game. I mean, we had, we had all the games. And how many of y'all know this? Up, up, down, down, left, left right, B-A start. Yeah, I lost half of you there. So that was a cheat code. Like you had the cheat code to play in Super Mario or whatever it was. I think it was Commando. You'd get like 30 lives. Up, up, down, down. Left, right, left, right. BA start. And you had to do that before the game started so that you could get all your lives. And as, uh, Nintendo did a bad thing in my life. Uh, one, I mean, it gave me Nintendo thumb. Y'all remember what Nintendo thumb was, where you just, you thought you were going to break that controller in half. You're playing it so hard. And you're doing this, trying to make the things move. Uh, but it put inside of me a little bit of perfectionism because I knew that if I didn't have enough lives by a certain level, uh, I was toast. And so if I lost, like especially like when them stupid little, stupid little turtles would come and get me uh, at Mario and, and I didn't jump at the right time or something or my controller did, it was always the controllers, a stupid controller, you know, it was always the controller's fault. Uh, if I lost a life and in, in, in an inopportune time, I would just restart the game. I'd hit reset. I was like, nope, can't do it. And so, I mean, I would do that level five. Like if I didn't have enough lives because I knew what was coming. I knew the bad guy at the end of the game. And if I didn't have all the lives that I could spare, so I, I would just restart it. I'd be like, nope, can't do it. Restart it. It's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I didn't have enough lives. It's like, you're like level five. I don't care. Perfectionism. I had to have it right. I had to have it just perfect. 
And that, and that bleeds over into life a little bit because sometimes like in life, you're like, oh, it's not working. I'm just going to hit reset. Ah, it's not working. I'm going to hit restart. You know, ah, this isn't, this isn't right. A new job, you know, new life, new family, new home, new city, new whatever it is. And, and you find out real quickly that as many times as you hit reset, the problems still follow you, right? And in, in life, we want perfect, right? We want the perfect home, the perfect house, with the perfect interest rate, can I get an amen, right? We want the perfect marriage, we want the perfect kids, we want the perfect job and the perfect retirement, we want the perfect vacation. In fact, some of you were so bad that you had perfect attendance in school. And I'm just gonna tell you, please don't raise your hand because none of us like you. Because we know and you know, at some point you were spreading germs. You should have stayed home. Half the school got the stomach bug because you had to have perfect attendance, right? So they'd always give that award at the end of the year. And so little, little Johnny's got perfect attendance this year. And everybody's like, yeah, you're the one who gave me that. That's what it is. So we strive. We work hard. We try to control things that we can't control because we want perfect. We want that life. We want that American dream. And when things start going wrong and we realize we can't have perfect, what we do is we start trying to have ways to redeem it. That's why we love Cinderella stories, right? We love the knight in shining armor coming to rescue us. We, we, we want Richard Gere to climb that fire escape to get Julia Roberts, right? We, we want the underdog to win. We, we want to win the lottery. We want a real rags to riches story. We love it because David beats Goliath. And we look for opportunities in life to see David beat Goliath all the time. These stories all strike a chord with us because we love it when the bully loses. Come on, can I get an amen? We love it when the nerd gets the girl. Because I was the nerd, man, but I got the girl. I got the girl, amen. She's going to get mad at me for saying that. We get the happy ending we all deserve. And what we want is we want where we've been wronged in life to be made right. We, we long for our forgotten dreams to be revived. We want to try to resuscitate the dead things in our life. We shift our focus from trying to make everything perfect to finding a resurrection moment. You know, the, the prosperity gospel, that's, been something that we've tried to do in Christianity is try to present something where people get everything in uh, the cake and they eat it too, right? That, that if you just accept Jesus, nothing's ever going to go wrong in your life. That you can just name it and claim it. Amen. That, that you just need to visualize it and it'll happen. That you just need to, to get a vision board and make it happen, right? Uh, you can just speak it into existence, right? You know, my wife had a a roommate in college, and she'd say, I think I'm getting sick. And she'd be like, don't speak that into existence. And Jennifer would go, I'm a frog. I'm a frog. I'm a frog. I'm a frog. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm speaking myself into existence to be a frog. She says, you can't do that. Well, I'm not going to speak myself into existence and getting a, getting a cold. I've already got the cold. So, but what prosperity gospel does is it leaves us bewildered, it leaves us hopeless, and it leaves us wanting. And here's the reason why. We keep praying for Sunday resurrections in our life, but find that we're still living in a Saturday reality. 
We're stuck in Saturday. Like, what, is, what does that mean? What is Saturday? What is the deep dark of Saturday? Saturday was the day after. Saturday was the day after hope died. You know, we talk a lot about Good Friday for a really good reason. We talk a lot about Easter and Resurrection Sunday, but not enough has talked about the deep dark of Saturday, the depression, the despair, the despondency, the disillusionment of Saturday. And the disciples had to go through Saturday. They, they spent every waking moment for three years with this guy named Jesus who promised to be the Savior of the world. And then he was gone. They saw him walk on water. They saw him turn water into wine. They saw him give sight to the blind. They saw him give hearing to the deaf and to reach down and to pull up the crippled and so they could walk again. They saw him walk on the water. They saw him turn over the money changers in the temple, rebuke the religious establishment, challenge their way of thinking. They saw him receive the unwantable, the rejected. They saw him do the miraculous. And in an instant, it was gone in a blink of an eye. What started with so much promise, which started with fanfare and palm trees and shouts of acclamation, ended with a rejection and betrayal, a kangaroo court, torture, and a gruesome death that was meant to be a spectacle to all. And then a blink of an eye, it was over. It's all gone. Just go back to what you were doing. It was fun while it lasted. That's what they experienced. That's what Saturday felt like to them. They had the rug pulled out from under them. Saturday for them felt like fear. It felt like confusion. It felt like heartache and hopelessness. It felt like abandonment and despair and anxiety. Saturday felt like rejection and shame. How could we have been so stupid to believe something so great? That's what they were feeling on Saturday. Now, I don't know if that sounds familiar to you. Maybe you have been through that in your life. You've had a point in your life. Maybe you're there now where you feel the same things. You feel shame. You feel despair, confusion, bewilderment, not understanding what God is doing in your life or if he's even there. You long for fulfillment, but instead you feel empty. You long for purpose, and instead you feel worthless. You long for someone to cover your past, but your past keeps haunting you wherever you go. Life wasn't supposed to feel this way. It wasn't supposed to be this way. And your Saturday feels never ending. But what about Easter? Isn't Easter the hope? Isn't that about the resurrection? Doesn't it give us hope for the hopeless? Isn't it about Jesus dying a brutal death, being buried raising again to conquer death, hell, and the grave. Isn't Easter what celebrates all of that hope? And why do we still feel this way? And here's what I want all of us to understand. Here's what I want you to understand. Is we cannot experience a resurrection Sunday without a crucifixion Friday. Let me say that again. We cannot experience a resurrection Sunday without a crucifixion Friday. See, we can't skip Friday, but we try to. We want to skip Friday. Friday's 
gory. Friday's hurtful. Friday's painful. Friday's bloody. Friday is not anything we want to go through, but attempting a Sunday resurrection without a good Friday death, it leaves us trapped in Saturday despair. And that's what I see for a lot of people being trapped in a Saturday despair. But I want to give you hope. That's what Easter's about is hope. And this is the hope for all of us. If you're stuck in your Saturday looking for your Sunday, all you have to do is go back and find your Friday. We all need a Friday moment. We all need a moment where we die to ourselves. What does that look like? And this is what I love about Scripture and what I love about what Jesus did for us is it was so thorough. In fact, Paul says this in Philippians. He gives us this, this kind of creed. He says, everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. And here you have Jesus Christ, God made man. He has all the rights at his disposal. He, he can call down the angels from heaven to rescue him on the cross. But what does he do? In that moment, he gives up all of our rights. And it's so hard for us to comprehend, especially for Americans, because we are such a rights society. When we have the Bill of Rights, we all learn about the Bill of Rights in elementary school. And we all talk about our rights and we fight for our rights and we pick it for our rights. And here we have the example of Jesus where he says, you know what? It's not about my rights anymore. I love you too much. I love the world too much. I want your salvation too much that I'm going to lay down my rights for the sake of humanity. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Even death on the cross. The, the beautiful thing about the whole Easter week is it's full of symbolism of this idea that Jesus continues to go down. He continues to hum, humble himself. He continues to, to lower himself. In fact, if you look at it, even on Palm Sunday, he's on the Mount of Olives, what does he do? He goes down the road into Jerusalem. You see him up in the upper room having a meal with his disciples. What does he do? He goes down to serve them and to wash their feet. When he's in the upper room, he at the end of the night, he goes down to the Garden of Gethsemane and he humbles himself and he says, God, not my will, but your will be done. And he continues to lower himself and lower himself and humble himself all the way to the point of it costing him his life because he loved you so much. <coughs> and for this reason, God highly exalted him. Gave him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus didn't experience Sunday 
without first experiencing the humility and the obedience of Friday. In fact, Jesus could not have experienced that Sunday resurrection moment without first going through the obedience of Friday. It is because Jesus was obedient, even obedient to the death on the cross, that God highly exalted him, lifted him up. It was the crucible of Friday that led us to Sunday. And Sunday resurrections only happen when we experience a Friday obedience. Sunday resurrections only happen when we witness a Friday obedience. This is what is beautiful about the story is even before the cross, even before that moment in history that changed all of mankind, even before that, Jesus knew he was going there. He knew his destination. He knew his journey and he invited the disciples and all of us to come along with him. This is what he said. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow after me, I think most of us would say that. Yeah, I want to follow Jesus. Uh, Jesus, I love you. You're, you're great. You're awesome. You died for me. Jesus is, Jesus is awesome. I had, we had a, in seminary, we had this guy, he taught evangelism 101. And he would always walk in the first day of class and he'd go, Jesus is what? And everybody would go, awesome! You know, Jesus is awesome! You know? And you know, by the end of the semester, he's like, Jesus is what? And we're like, awesome. <laughs> I mean, Jesus is... People talk about Jesus in the public. They talk about Jesus in the secular world. Jesus is a... He's an example for all of us. Jesus is... Jesus loved the unlovable. I mean, I mean what's not to love about Jesus? Right? Most people love Jesus. They just don't like his followers. But here's the thing that we stop shy of is the rest of the verse. If anyone wants to follow me, great, you're invited. Let's go. But you've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up your cross. Then you can follow me. There is an innate dying to self that happens when we follow Jesus. For whoever wants to save his life, Jesus continues, will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me will find it. For what will it benefit someone if he gains the whole world yet loses his life? Or what will anyone give in exchange for his life? See, Friday moments are moments of dying to ourselves. And if you keep trying to gain your life, you keep trying to reach, you keep trying to hold on as tight as you can and it keeps slipping through your fingers like grains of sand, there you go. Jesus just gave you the answer of why it's like that. It's because you keep trying to gain your life. And when you do that, you're going to lose it. And Jesus flips everything upside down and inside out. He says, here's the formula. You want to gain your life, you got to lose it first. You can't do it the other way around. Jesus calls us, to humble ourselves just like he did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus calls us to give up just like he did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus calls us to radical obedience just like he was in the Garden of Gethsemane because we all need a Friday moment. Why? Because Friday moments are necessary for Sunday resurrections. 
And it's because of this thing called sin. I mean, we, we've heard the word sin, and sin kind of loses its power over the years because everybody hears, I'm just a sinner, you know, sinner, sinner, sinner. Sin, what, what does that mean? Like, when we really get back to the original, how it was written in the Greek thousands of years ago, that word sin simply means this. If I was out on a field, and I've got my bow and arrow, and I draw back, and I let go, and that arrow flies through the air, and hits the target, but it's like three feet off from bullseye. You would look over to the guy that just shot and said, sin. What that means is you missed. You missed. You missed what you were aiming at. Sin. And that's what happens to us is God has something that we should be aiming at and it's His perfection and it's His glory and we miss all the time. In fact, my father-in-law has a really, uh, you might, some people might call it a good habit, but he likes to buy me guns, right? Everybody wants my father-in-law because everybody's like, they want. but I have all these hunting rifles and I don't hunt, right? Like I hunt, I don't kill anything because I'm really bad at it. But I have, I have all these guns. I open up the closet. I'm like, what, what gun am I not going to shoot today? So I'm trying to figure. And all, all of these guns have, have, uh, they have uh, sights on them. They have scopes on them so that you can scope in your target and you pull the trigger and, and theoretically you hit, you hit the target, right? And so we, we took it out to some land and uh, one of the guns that he had given me, I'd never shot it. So I was like, well, I better shoot this thing and see if it works. So I, I pull it out and... And I line up and I, uh, I put the crosshairs on the target and, uh, and I squeeze the trigger and, and the guy's looking through the binoculars and, and the bullet, from nowhere, the guy looks at me and goes, sin. He goes, you missed. It's like, I didn't miss. I, I had the target. I had like the, pull up again and put bolt action, put the line up again, shoot. And he's looking through there. He goes, sin, you missed. I'm like, I am not this bad. Like the boys and I, when we had land in Virginia, we had a, these little 22s and, and we would pop off, you know, cans off the fence posts. Like, pow, 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 pow. Like we, we, were, we were like really good shots. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? And we'll come to find out my scope was broken. My scope wasn't even sighted incorrectly. It was pointed off in this direction. And that's the reason why we keep missing in life is because we're broken. Like we keep aiming at something and we keep missing because of this innate nature we have called a sin nature. Like we're going to miss every time. In fact, the Bible is very clear about this. It says, we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all missed. But the beautiful thing is, the Bible also promises that the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That He has provided a way. Look what Romans 6 says. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him, so that the body ruled by sin, ruled by this nature of always missing, might be rendered powerless 
so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin, since a person who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once and for all time. Can everybody say amen? Amen. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's why we need a Friday moment, because we need a moment in our life where we die to sin, where sin is crucified on the cross. And that's what Jesus did for us on Good Friday. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He became our replacement for us. And this is the invitation I want to offer you all this morning. Listen very closely. If you're tired, if you're weary, if you're broken, Jesus says, would you come? If you're hopeless and confused, Jesus says, why don't you just come? If you're exhausted of trying to control the things you can't control, Jesus says, why don't you just come? Just lay it in my hands. Let me take care of it for you. If you feel like life has no purpose, Jesus says, come. He says, come and I will give you life. Come and I will give you life to the fullest. And the invitation is for everyone who has not yet believed, for those who have not yet had a Friday moment. To your Friday moment, What that looks like in our faith is where we just, we come to Jesus and we ask him to become the Lord of our life. It's a, what we call a salvation moment. It's a moment where we are walking our way and we do this Bible word that's called repent that literally means to change your mind and to begin walking towards Jesus. That's what a Friday moment looks like. It looks like giving up to yourself and saying, Jesus Take the wheel. Jesus, I'm yours. Jesus, I can't do this by myself anymore. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I want to give everybody an opportunity to accept Christ this morning. And what we do is uh, we want to lead you in a prayer. And this prayer is not anything that's going to save you. It's just something to help you focus your attention and It's a change of heart. That's what happens when you come to Christ. You have a change of heart. And if you've never done that before and you would like to pray to receive Christ this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you. We're not going to stand you up. We're not going to pray you around. I just, as your pastor, I want to pray for you. Would you do me a favor on the count of three? Would you slip up your hand so I can pray for you? One, two, three. Slip it up. Thank you. Thank you. It's brave. And here's what we're going to do together as a group. We're going to pray out loud for the sake of those who are praying this for the first time. Would you just repeat these words after me? Dear Jesus, I have missed. I am a sinner. I need you to make me new. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. Come save me. Make me a new creation. In your name we pray. 
Amen. Can we just do something together? It says that when one person comes to faith in Christ, the heavens uh, rejoice. The angels rejoice in heaven. Can we just rejoice with them this morning? Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Uh, Johari is back at the left table here uh, on the left exit, and she has a uh, new believer packet we want to put in your hand. It's a Bible a book that I encourage you to read, and then it is uh, some a letter for me that kind of gives you some things that you can do to begin this new walk in Jesus uh, to get you started on your way. So please go grab one of those, just a free gift. Uh, to help you in this journey. Listen, thank you for being here today. And uh, if you call Linnea Church home uh, to give you an opportunity to give, we have three ways. We have the box at the back uh, that you can drop in. In fact, uh, we have uh, cash envelopes now because people have been asking for that. You can also give uh, online at alineachurch.org forward slash give, or you can text the amount to 84321 and give that way. Uh, also, on the way out, we want to give you a resource. It's an invitation card. Looks like this. Uh, we have a new series starting up next week called Who, What, When, Where, Making Decisions That Make Sense. And here's what I want to do. I want to come alongside of you and help you make wise decisions. Everybody's having to make decisions every week, every day of their life. How are you going to spend uh, money in your budget, what college are you going to go to, what house should you buy, uh, which, which one of the three girls am I dating, am I going to marry. There's tons of decisions you have to make. And so what I want to come alongside of you and, and help you make wise decisions. The Bible has a lot to say about how we make decisions. So make sure you're here for that. And as you stand, a couple more instructions. Go ahead and stand with me. We have donuts outside. Please eat them all because uh, I don't want them. And uh, get your picture made at our photo booth outside. And I just want to pray a prayer, a blessing over you as you leave today on this beautiful Easter day. Would you just hold out your hands like this, like you're receiving something? And I want to pray a prayer, a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Amen. Love you guys. See you next week. Well, thank you for tuning in today. If you would like more information about Alenia Church, you can go to aleniachurch.org forward slash connect. There you can enter in your information. You can ask about more information about the church, and you can even let us know if you've prayed to receive Christ. We would love to put a free gift in your hand to equip you on this new journey. If you would like to partner with this ministry, you can do so by going to aleniachurch.org forward slash give. There you can make an easy tax-deductible gift to further the reach of the gospel through Alenia Church. Would you also pray about becoming a monthly partner through your financial giving? Our site makes it easy to set up a recurring schedule. Please take a moment to share this message, subscribe, like, and comment wherever you get your regular diet of podcasts. It helps us by getting the word out about what God is doing here in Middle Tennessee. If you live in the Middle Tennessee area and you don't yet have a church home, we would love to host you at Alenia Church. We hope to see you there. Remember, God sees you, He loves you, and He wants the best for you. God bless.